Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues today with some local friends. I call them local friends because one of the band members lives real close to where I used to live, and I used to do work for the man. So we'll talk to him, and we'll talk to the Jansen Gates after we talk about Benormous Productions. Benormous Productions has been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, Ven Vierhoeven, decided to get back to that which he loved the most, that's production. Under tutelage of Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own place in Millican, Colorado. High-end instruments and high-end tools are on hand to make your sound compete with that of your favorite records. He's got one goal in mind, and that's to look and sound as professional as possible. So go make some videos. Go make some records. Be Normous Productions. They're on Facebook or at www.thelettermbnormousproductions.com. The Jansen Gates. Jason, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and then introduce your bandmates, please. Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Jason Herbig. Um, one of the, the members of the Jansen Gates. I am joined here today with uh, our drummer, Dave Harris, and you? our keys player, Paul Mueller. Hello. Uh, we also have our bassist, Steve Schrage, and our lead guitar, Dan Smith. Couldn't be here tonight, but uh, it's probably you know, for the best, <laughs> too many, <laughs> yeah, conversation cluttered. Uh, that's not really a saying, but it is now. It is it now. Is, it's it's an official know. podcast word now. There, there you go. go. <laughs> I've, I've done six. I've done six, six screens, five guests with individual screens and me. It was Dan hilarious. Dan had probably just sit in the back and, and noodle on his guitar the whole time. So, yeah. yeah. That's that's good. Now, where are you now? Because it looks like you're. This is audio only, but it looks like you're in a studio. Uh, this is actually my office. Um, okay. I am a the the basically the the worship pastor, the music guy for my church. It's my my daytime gig, and so uh, my office also kind of doubles as a green room for the band on Sunday mornings. And got my my guitars on the wall and. Yeah. It's kind of my little. Is that, a, is that a mandolin in the corner there? Yes, I think. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, no, that's the ukulele. I do have that's a mandolin. Okay. Uh, mandolins at my house, but that's okay. not the ukulele in the corner. So people that listen to this show will hear me talk about a guy named Eckert. Eckert's Tom Eckert is my best friend. Okay, and I've known Tom since grade school. His mom lives catty corner to your church. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So there's like two houses, uh, side by side, and they own both of them. They got the real long driveways and the garage back in the back. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah that's so. I think no, Ed Eckert. No, no, no. There's, I, I there's so many Eckerts. There's, it's such a German town. St. Louis was a French established city. And where did all this German come from? You know, Hildesheim and Heidelberg, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. Um, the Jansen Gates. What are the Jansen Gates? What is the Jansen Gates? What what uh you mean like where is the, the name? name? Where does the name come from? Okay, now? well, I hope you have uh your listeners have time because <laughs> this is kind of a story. Um it all goes back to my 18th birthday. And uh I, I'm I just turned 48, so about 30 years ago. No, yeah, 30 What's years that? ago. Yeah. <laughs> 30 what? years ago. Unless they back, changed math. Yeah, back in the day, <laughs> probably, probably probably still the same today. Like your 18th birthday is kind of like this milestone. Yeah. But but really, what can you actually do on it? I mean, you can register for the draft. That's not super fun. Uh, but you still can't go out and drink. You, you know, I th I think you could get like cigarettes maybe at 18. I don't know. I didn't smoke. So but one thing that I could never do was have my own blockbuster card. And uh, and so my friends and I, whenever we'd have to rent videos, we'd have to borrow our parents' blockbuster cards because you couldn't get one until you were 18. So yeah. on my 18th birthday, my buddy Jeff and I decided we were going to go around uh, because this was before the Internet. That's that's how long ago this was. They were not connected. Every blockbuster was its own establishment. And so me and my buddy Jeff 
Uh, we drove around to all the blockbusters that we would ever rent movies from. And I signed up for accounts so that we would have a card handy for whenever we wanted to rent a movie. Yeah. Uh, probably about two weeks later, Blockbuster introduced the universal card. And so all of a sudden I got just inundated with all these universal cards from every one of these accounts. <laughs> I and one of the accounts we discovered uh, somebody had mistyped my name in the system and it came out uh jansen and so probably still to this day my buddy jeff i think still calls me jansen but a lot of my friends just became sort of a nickname kind of a tongue-in-cheek uh jansen um, yep. so that's where the jansen came from uh the gates came from when i was in college um we were had a bunch of people come in town uh old friends from high school because a band i was playing with was doing a show up at my college and we were walking across campus and uh, this girl was telling me how she had changed the pronunciation of her name when she got to high school. But now that she was in college, she was changing it back. And I said, well, you can't just do that. And she goes, well, why can't you do that? And I said, well, I guess from now on, you're going to pronounce my last name Gates. And uh, Bill Gates was kind of popular at the time. So it was like, <laughs> name that popped into my head actually i think at first i said smith and then i changed the pronunciation again to gates because smith was a little too common <laughs> and uh and she's well you can't do that and i said why can't i so uh for the longest time on my email when i was in college i would have uh jansen gates was the person you would be receiving emails from when That's it came in your, in your thing so when uh I started out of college. I started working with uh, the church I'm still with now, and I would write songs that we'd play at church. And I was a little self-conscious about putting my name up on the on the bylines. And so I used Jansen Gates as a pseudonym for a while. And when it came time to, to, to name the band, I just uh, suggested what if we just kind of took that pseudonym and kind of made it the band name. And then I think Dan said, we should put the at the beginning of it. I said, okay. So... <laughs> Now we and, became uh, Jansen Gates. But even to date, I mean, Dave brought this up before we started this podcast. Are we the Jansen Gates or just Jansen Gates? Well, right? so it's still controversial. It's controversy among the, the tribes. Uh, among think, among three people. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's controversy as much as it is laziness because the is an extra <laughs> syllable. So when we're just talking fast, I think Jansen Gates comes out. But officially... On the T-shirt, it says the. So okay, well, yeah. the T-shirts, the the T-shirts rule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. all about the merch. It's all about the correct. Group. Yeah. Now I met Dave uh, through mutual friends of his wife who used me in my pest control service I had in St. Louis, and Dave came over to the house, my house one time, and I've been to his house several times, and I I I always have you in my head as a bass player, Dave. Right. Because you've got this really sweet. Um, a lot of people still think that just because I was I played bass for so many years yeah. and other bands in the nineties and stuff like that. Now, did I see when I saw you guys? I saw you at Ten Mile and I saw you at at Schlafly's. Was that with Jansen Gates or were you with another project then? If I was playing drums, it must have been Jansen Gates. Playing you playing bass? I know at, at Schlafly's you were playing bass because I, I had this real vivid image of of whatever was the song was. I was with a band, and still am to a certain extent, you know, whenever we get together, a band called Free Dirt. Uh, I've been with them since the early 90s. That's right. Right. Okay. I remember that. Because I, I don't remember what the song was, but all of a sudden, you just kind of almost rushed up to the say, the stay, uh, to the microphone to sing your part of the harmony. And it was just so cool. It was like choreographed. It was like, bah, 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 and back <laughs> <went>. <laughs> I rushed because I probably forgot that I was right, supposed yeah. to be singing. Oh. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, it was a small stage, so you kind of. <laughs> All right. And then, Paul, your keys, right? Yes, sir. Do you do synthesizer, too, or just keys? You or know, what's funny. It's pretty much just synth, um, whatever sounds the song calls for. I've, I'm I'm pretty lazy myself. I think that's probably a uh, a theme for, for the band sometimes, but I, I try to 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 carry the smallest keyboard humanly possible with me uh when we play it's only 49 key right well it's not that small but it's 49 keys um i drug a couple of pianos around and i had a two-layer thing at one time and i just got tired of it and i said let's see what what possible keyboard i can find that fits most of what we do so 
Um, I even have to, if I'm playing a big piano song, I have to move the octave button so I can get up, um, uh-huh. up the scale a bit. So, yeah. Right. Now, uh, you write the music, Jason, right? You write the songs? Um, we, we all, it's kind of a team effort. I mean, some songs I think are more one person over another. I'd say I probably have written 80% of the lyrics. I don't know. That's, but, um, you know, we've got Dave, we've got a couple songs, uh, that, that Dave's done music for and, and brought to me and said, Hey, let's, let's come up with some words. And, We've got a couple songs that we do that that Paul's written with other groups that he's been in uh, or, or still in or I don't know. You're not really in. You just kind of I'm in them. I'm making money from them. So well, right, but it's not <laughs> in progress. Anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, those, those original songs aren't making me money, but uh, right, 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 right. But it's uh, kind of neat how we all kind of came together from other bands and through like a majority, you know, just a percentage yeah. of our old songs that we really liked into the pot and they kind of got reborn as as jansen gates songs yeah we kind of yeah, redid lyrics on some of them dan had, had a couple that he had brought from an old band that we kind of reworked and so did any of you guys ever do the cover band thing well yeah, yeah. so we do so a lot of times when we're playing like bigger shows like we'll do stuff at grant's farm here in the St. Louis area, or we've done stuff down at the brewery and some other, you know, I don't know, we've done a wedding reception or two probably, but so we will fill that out um, with more covers. Um, but then uh, when we do kind of club shows, things like that, which really, honestly, we haven't done a ton in a long time, but, um, but then we'll do, we, you know, we have a full original set. I think we probably got about 18 to 20 um, that wow. do regularly um and uh so but you know paul's paul's playing you know a couple times a month with a cover band um you don't really do the cover band stuff outside Not anymore of this really I'm, i mean i started out 93 or something like that with a cover band yeah but i haven't done a steady cover band yeah since then i just started playing uh this year uh guitar for a local country artist here oh did and- you yeah, Ethan Carl. Um, he's uh, he he does original stuff too, but it's kind of the same thing. He'll he'll do like a three hour show at the Tin Roof or something, and you know we'll we'll fill that in with covers and stuff like that. So we're, we've done the cover band thing. We do the cover band thing. It's it's a way to. I mean, sadly, the the music scene in St. Louis kind of demands it in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, you know, people want to go out and and hear the songs that they know and. You know, there's a there's a smaller contingent that can appreciate the creativity and, and the local artistry, but um, it's, well, it's. See, I'm getting ready to move back now, and and one of my favorite places to go to hear original music is now closed. Dave's wearing their shirt, the the Way Out Club. Way Out Club, yeah. Uh, there was a band called Book of Lies I used to see down there regularly. They were awesome. Saw you guys. I may have seen you guys play down there. It was a, there was a. It wasn't a Dead Kennedys tribute band, but boy, they were they sounded so much like the Dead Kennedys. I can't <laughs> remember who they were. They were really awesome. They showed up uh, about every six months or so down there. There's a lot of good bands that would come and go. And I want to talk about the venues where you guys like to play and where you get to play and where you have to do the covers. Because I'm coming back and I want to know where to go find good music again. But right now I want to talk about your first song that we're okay. going to play here and that song yeah. is called look around so where did that come from who came up with that one that's probably one of our earliest originals in a lot of ways um actually the lyrics for that song i was what was i doing i was going through totes in an attic or i don't even remember exactly why i was going through stuff but i came across this old notebook that my friends and I from high school had, we had basically just kind of used it. We, we would, we would write weird songs and and do crazy recordings with tape decks and tried to, before we had any kind of multi-track technology, like trying to bounce cassettes from one tape recorder <laughs> to the other. And, and, uh, and I stumbled across these lyrics that my friend, Eric, uh, Eric Robin, who, probably will listen to this and appreciate me giving him the shout out (laughs) Uh, had written these lyrics in this notebook. And 
um, I just, I really enjoyed them. And I thought there's, the, I, I have no idea musically how this was supposed to sound, but I just kind of started playing some chords to it and coming up with some melodies and, and then, uh, you know, brought it to the, to the guys eventually. And we kind of just sort of put all our parts together and, and, and worked it out. And, and that's where it was born. Now, Paul and Dave, you guys write songs too, right? Yeah. You write music. And do you have a similar creative process? Like you go back to old stuff and revisit that and say, let's see what we can bring out here. Or, no, or I, do you I very rarely, very rarely write any lyrics. I'm just, I've never been a lyric guy, even you know, back to like high school when I was listening to, you know, Slayer and Megadeth and stuff. Mom would be like, what the hell are you listening to? Why are you listening? And I'm like, I have no idea what they're even saying. I, I don't listen to that. I listen to the music. Uh -huh. yeah. And so I write music. I can write music all day long. But I mean, even whenever I wrote the song that I used to propose to my wife, I had to help have help with the lyrics to that. Will you marry me? <laughs> well, that was the first draft. I did. I did a lot of like rhyming, girly and whirly and crap like that. So that's fun. It's, it's too cheesy even for me. So yeah, I got to have help. So if I have a, a good idea for a song, you know, I'll, I'll take that and bring it to Jason. And say here, it's all yours. Yeah. And then I'll write a song and he'll complain about that's not what I wanted it to be about. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, I've because some songwriters are exactly like almost rabid. Like, no, you, you can't touch my song. They're your well, babies. You, know, you can't yeah, touch like my babies. babies and my kids. You can't have my kids. Yeah. Like, you well, know, uh, slow it down here or, or change this from a major to a minor key or something. Nope. nope friend so of mine. Like, Friend of mine shared a, a really great analogy along that lines. You know, people think of their songs as babies, and mm -hmm. uh, and he said he prefers to think of them more like cars or engines because, you know, if it's a baby, like you you can't say, well, I don't like that arm on your baby, so let's like, <laughs> this arm like who's going to go for that? But he could say, hey, here's this car. What if we take out this engine component and we try this different engine component, and it's yeah. going to make our run a little different and now let's see which one we like better so that actually makes a lot of sense because yeah. i've got a lot of songwriters that are just really stubborn sometimes one of, one of the guys i play music with writes a lot of songs i'm like john why don't you do it I'm like no yeah but, it, but it's not working it doesn't sound like it's working here how about if we just less words or, or whatever he's like no no that's what i'm doing it's my song if you don't like it write your own songs like okay yeah. well yeah I, even with my music though if, if i bring it in and someone has an idea about you know changing a major to a minor or you know slowing mm -hmm. down one of the sections or something like that you know if it sounds right if it's right for the song that's what i want i mean i want whatever is going to be best for the song yeah and i think too like especially with us we've all been playing together for so long yeah. and and me both musically and just in general we just all trust each other like right. we know that the suggestions aren't coming because someone wants to get their thumbprint on on right. the song it you know it's just an idea that somebody thinks oh this could sound interesting and we all know we all have our own little uh preferences and and takes but um but i think being able to come together and and just be able to trust each other and and just want to be creative and and do something different um i think just being open to that can what's make your part what's your part in all this paul what's your well, uh songwriting I'm, process yeah i was just gonna say i think that's one of my favorite parts is when we throw out some ideas when we're like you know two or three different options and then we play through them and decide what's what works best for the song and i have i haven't found that usually there's not somebody that's got to die on a hill right if the right. rest of the guys are pretty pretty open to or pretty like feeling like it's working we usually go that direction um, so I feel like it's kind of a, a mutual thing where we all kind of land on what's best. Um, for me, I think lyrics are probably my my primary. Um, and I, I just have an app and I just, you know, I'll throw some stuff to Jason here and there every once in a while or the other guy that I work with occasionally. Like, here's some ideas or sometimes I just write maybe a chorus and I'll just leave it on my app for a couple of months. And, you know, you come back to it or maybe you're inspired or maybe you hear something. The thing that's funny to me as a songwriter, though, 
I almost have to write also, well, what am I even talking about? Like, here's my <laughs> lyrics, but here are my notes. So when I come back to it a year from now, then I'll have some idea of what I'm trying to say yeah. um, because it can get, you know, but that's the nice thing about songwriting. It's interpretive as well. Um, so, so to bring it back to look around then, Jason, what did these guys bring to the song that you brought? What did they bring? Yeah. Um, Gosh, we we did that so long ago. I'm trying to remember how that that came about. Um, it might be nothing. It might be nothing. You know, it might have been the other guys that were involved with too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, so when we did, I think you know the original creation, like the chords and and things like that. Um, I, I, obviously, the lyrics, my friend Eric wrote the majority of. I, I tweaked a few um, chords and the the main progression. I sort of came up with. Um, I mean, just the individual parts. I know uh, on this recording, um, we've had a couple different keyboard parts that that it, we've tried out over the years. Uh, this recording is is actually one of the my favorite ways that we've ever done it. Um, it's not the way that I think we do it the most, but um, I, I, I like the way that Paul kind of came up with this little uh, long melody that goes over uh, the rest of the band with this really syncopated rhythmic hit that we did together. Um, I think it was, was it Dan's idea to have that, the, the end of it where we change it just a little bit with the, the punch. Oh yeah. With the, the yeah. Yeah. So again, it was just kind of working through it coming up, somebody trying a different feel in a different spot. Hey, how about what do you think about if we do it this way? Or yeah. Right? Oh, hey, I just had an idea. Let's let's try doing a hit here together, and and just those little things that kind of take a band's performance and then just make it not sound like a bunch of guys desperately trying to stay together, but like a, a cohesive unit that's just kind of feeling where the song needs to go. The Jansen Gates, our guest today on the Music of America podcast, the song "Look Around." Everything you've done for me Help me find a place to sit 
the Jansen Gates and the Music of America podcast, and I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We're going to be back with the Jansen Gates after I talk to my bass player friends, bass players, The Bag. It's a high-quality leather gig bag family of products that are handmade in the United States with the finest craftsmanship and beautiful, sophisticated, very cool overall appearance. They're made of some of the finest quality leather and cushion available and literally meant to last a lifetime. They've got over 30 years in the leather industry and are extremely proud to introduce this whole line of gig bags targeted not just to the skilled professional, but also the fun-seeking novice, yo, me. The hope is that you're going to love the bag as much as they do. The bag. Tony Vaughn base bags available at Sweetwater. Thank you, Jason, for wearing that T-shirt to remind me to say Sweetwater. <laughs> Musician's well. friend, guitar center. Just, just ask for the bag. And you can find them on Facebook, Tony Vaughn Bass Bags. The Jansen Gates are with us today from St. Louis. Are you guys all from around the same area? Like, uh, I grew up in Afton. Dave and his wife live in Afton. Uh, Paul, Jason, where are you guys? I'm in South City, so uh, around the Hampton Village area. If anyone's in St. Louis or ever been by St. Louis, they know where Ted Drews is, and I'm I'm in that area part of and town. And that's the Ted Drews, not that other Ted Drews over on Grand. Right. <laughs> the only one that matters <laughs> yeah and i uh i currently live down in south county uh on uh about a mile away from south county mall uh grew up actually in north county um right at 367 in Lindbergh. so i went from one end of yeah. Lindbergh to the other end of Lindbergh, uh basically um are you down by grasso fields what used to be grasso fields Yes, uh, right, really right across the street from what used to be Grasso Fields, which is now, I think, Lions Gate or something like that. Which street? Lions, you might live Lions. on the same street as my son. <laughs> yeah. What what street are you on? Seriously, oh, you uh, live on the Tim. same street? Oh, yeah, Tim Drive. Oh, t- oh, I know where Tim is, but no. Yeah, Will on the one side, Tim on the other side. Barth, okay. it turns into Barth about halfway down and then comes back. It's like a big U off of Union Road. Yeah, my my son, daughter-in-law, and grandkids are in that neighborhood across the street from what used to be Grasso Fields. Oh, so, so like, that, is that? Uh, uh, I don't know the name. Of the, you know, yeah, I, I, I know how to get there. Crystal, green, <laughs> crystalline. I think. Yep, maybe. that's it. That's the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's my and, favorite St. Louis game. It's called yeah. uh, "Where Stuff Used to Be." <laughs> Whenever I go to my whenever I go to my wife's parents' house, they play where stuff used to be for like two hours and then we go home. So that's funny. Speaking of where stuff used to be. Yeah. Well, I, I used to work at what used to be called Chucker Burger, and it's oh. now a burger and burger something. It used it was it was a Wendy's and then they moved. Breakfast and burgers. Breakfast and burgers, yeah. Yeah, that moved down the road, so it is no longer a breakfast and burgers. Yeah, it, it, well, where it moved to is the old Chucker Burger, where I was a oh, car okay. hop. When I was 14 years old back in, back in 1970. I was 14 years old and started a job working as a car hop, you know, with a little cummerbund and little paper hats and everything. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that was that was something. So uh, we were talking earlier about venues. I'm moving back to Missouri. Where do you go hear good live music? Is it... Uh, uh, the Grove is that still a hot place now, or is that not cool anymore? Stuff down there, I, I don't hear about it as much. The gramophone used to be be a pretty hopping joint. Here's the thing: like, I feel like post COVID, things have like opened up, but it's not as much of a thing to do as it used to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't hear about. I don't know. I just you just don't hear about what's going on at the venues like you used to. You don't. Three, I mean, years ago, it's almost like they don't advertise as much. But I mean, right. I still see a lot of people posting about. Yeah, we, you know, we're playing off off Broadway tonight, or you know, right. something like that. But or, I feel like back in the day, like three four years ago, like you could just plan on. You wouldn't even really need to know who was going to be at a place. Like people would just go to the gramophone or they would the you know, go to the right. way out or off Broadway just to, to go and, and just see music. And now I feel like it, the, the culture has shifted a bit to where it's very much, um, you know, if you know the band or, you know, you've, you've been following them, then you'll know where to go. But yeah. yeah you, 
used to be able to walk down in Soulard and just go into mm -hmm. random bars and he'd right. always be a live band in there playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of, I mean, that kind of stuff that happens in Nashville, but it doesn't happen as much here anymore. Really? Or like you said, even Jason, in Soulard. Yeah. You have to know exactly where you're going. I don't think mm -hmm. you can stumble into it anymore. Um, so that used to be a, like a guaranteed thing. When you go down to Soulard, you go, go to uh, BB's. Or you go down to 1860. If you didn't like that, you go to the old rock house, you know, whatever. There's always something nearby. Yeah. And if you didn't like it, you drive down the road, you go to the way out. This is this was my route. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't oh, like that, then you're then you're on, a, on my internal map. Then you then you then you stop at the uh at the 10 mile house in Afton because it was walking distance from my house. So if I had one or nine too many adult beverages, then I could just walk home, you know. <laughs> it makes it handy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they but, still got some bands at the what do they call it now the clubhouse okay. yeah but yeah, they're yes. usually all covers now, a lot of them a lot of these places have been eaten up by cover bands i mean yeah. people like jason said before they want to hear the music that they know mm -hmm. and they want to hear it all night long and they want to dance and yeah. that's just how it is a lot of these bands will play four out you know they'll start at eight twelve or nine to one um there aren't there aren't bands that play 45 minute sets three bands that play 45 minute sets anymore really so that was the thing man that like the original music guys they played at pops right and yeah. they did 45 minutes you did and you would go and you could hear three to five bands yeah. you know yeah. yeah there's still a few places like that I, the heavy anchor still plays shows like that a few times uh -huh. a week and uh, i think there's a sinkhole i think there's one of them I was trying to remember some of the other ones. Is lemons? lemons is no longer. Lemons, no. I, mean, I played at Lemons a couple of times, but um, what? There's a stretch of Morgan Ford too, uh, Dave. I think you told me about the pizza. There was a pizza place there. No, uh, there was a place called. Is it Silverstone? Three Monkeys was one of them. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were a couple of places that used to play music, and but it seemed like it was like, almost like a flash in the pan. It seemed like. Yeah, band, the band, band. Yeah, there's a couple little places down so, there. But so there, uh, there's a brand new place on Kings Highway. It's about a year old called the Attic Music Bar. Oh, um, Dave, have you heard of the Attic Music Bar? I have heard of it because you keep telling me I need to try to get a gig there. <laughs> yeah, that. that's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, my other band played there a couple times, and now they're bringing in like probably regional guys, like Doctors oh, Vegas will come in and play and. Yeah. They're doing ticketed shows now, so it's not necessarily as much of a just walking off the street and listen to a band. That's the kind of stuff that I really like. It's really interesting, and the reason I ask that is, uh, like I was talking to guys, these cats up in Minnesota, in the Twin Cities, and as you get downtown, it's almost all original music. You start playing covers, they say, get the hell out of here. Yeah. If I want to listen to Skinner, if I want to listen to, you know, whatever, if I want to listen to a cover, I'll just put the album on or the CD on or whatever, I'll call it up on I, whatever. They want to hear original music, but you get out in the suburbs and it's what I think Jason, you were saying. It's like, they just want to hear what they like, hear what they know. They want to get up and dance and then go home. Yep. And they don't want to dance until they're drunk. So right. usually my joke is I'd like to show up at my own gig at the third set. <laughs> so I only have to play <laughs> one set and then I can go. The first two are nothing really. They're just throwaways. There's a, there was a place somebody I talked to was in Nevada and it, was it Nevada? I I I, I, I think it what? was. I think it was Nevada. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Sure. Yeah. And on one side of the on one side of the border, they wanted all original music. And if you crossed over to California, they didn't want original music. And it might have been the other way around too. Yeah, I mean, we we're talking about about five miles. You know, five miles, and it was that culturally different. Like we don't want cover music here. We want original music here. I just so that's what I'm trying to get a feel for St. Louis. I don't Soulard, you know, it's blue, so it's almost all covers. But yeah. you're not you're saying uh Paul, you're so saying I think a majority of the venues that want that do more of the uh original stuff are all in the city. I very rarely I think see that out in the uh -huh. county. And is the city a, a safe place to no offense, but is the city a safe place to go anymore? Because there's been a lot of I mean St. Louis is one of the top crime cities in the country now. As you're welcome, everyone. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> no, that's just all uh, where you know the news blowing a lot of that stuff up. I mean, exactly. everybody's got the you know that problem, but it's just, you know you just got to be safe about it. You yeah. keep your head on a swivel like you do anywhere, and right, right, art, and I think you know, all, 
Yeah, all the big cities have crime. I think we get a bad rap because of the way that our county city structure yeah, is exactly. set up. So all the statistics for crime that that happens in the city doesn't get washed out by all the population and yeah. not as much crime in the county that other you know metropolitan areas right, right. benefit from. So it makes us look like the apocalypse yeah you know where that's that's a real good point i didn't think about that jason i grew up there and i've always had that battle of city and county and city and county and i guess it's still going on about should the city merge with the county i'm I'm a county boy you know i grew up in the county i paid my taxes in the county and i saw the county for what it was and i saw the city for what it was i just didn't stay in the county thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) but when you when you look at the statistics like you're saying you look at the stats if you combine them then it's probably a lot less dangerous i mean i'll still go to hockey games i'll still go to cardinal baseball games well dave you go to baseball games with your mom which to me is just one of the sweetest things in the world. I just love this so much. I really do. Dave's got this, uh, this just this incredible thing he does with his ma, and uh, they go to they go to baseball games, and he puts it all over Facebook, and it's a, you can just tell it's there's a special bond with you and your mom when you do well, that. I, I mom is from mom's from Southern Missouri, like like three and a half hours away. Yeah, so, four and a half hours away. You know, it's oh, really? a feel for her to come in. So yeah, it's, it's a real special thing for her too. That's our that's our thing though. Baseball with ma. Yeah, that's fun. So the the next song we're going to do here is called Back to You. Yeah. Is that another Jason song that you did the lion share the work and Yeah, I think I think yeah, probably. Um this was a song. This is one of our more recent originals. Um it's uh so I have 5 kids um ages currently ages 11 to 21. And uh, and so this song is basically just about kind of being um, a parent in the thick of the hardest times of being a parent when your kids are kind of at those younger ages where they have a lot of stuff going on, but they're not completely independent. And so uh, life's busy. You're going from event to event and practice to practice and picking this person up here and this person up there. And then when they get home, they're you know, they're complaining and, and just wearing you out. And at the end of the day, um, the quality time you get to spend with your wife is basically just collapsing on the bed and, you know, maybe binging a TV show and and playing games on your phone until you finally just fall asleep and turn the lights off. So uh, that's sort of kind of the song was supposed to be sort of a, uh, an ode to my wife, kind of a, you know, uh, a, a lo- not a love song, but it was meant with the the greatest of intentions. And then when I, when I played it for her, she got really offended because she thought she sounded like a bad person for neglecting our our marriage. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what this is supposed to be. At all. <laughs> it's mutual. Like we're both really tired because our kids are insane. And why did we do this? <laughs> so, um, both so- kids. So yeah, so actually, when we do the song live, we'll actually uh, we'll actually play right into a cover of Manic Monday uh, by the the Bengals and yeah. Prince. That's funny, That's funny. Uh, that, that we kind of arranged, and and we'll kind of play them together, sort of as as a similar sort of uh, mental state, just kind of that frantic uh, life's insane, crazy, and we just need to get out of here. So. Trying to think the line Woody Allen said, life is full of angst and despair and n- nervous energy, and it's all over much too quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back to you with the Jansen Gates, our guest today on the Music of America podcast. Oh, 
That song is called Back to You with the Jansen Gates here on the Music of America podcast. We'll get back with the kids, the Jansen Gates. I was talking to a friend of mine about my brother's couple's workbook called Two Years After Forever. It's sort of a how-to guide to improve your communication skills, which, as anyone that's in any kind of relationship knows, is critical. So as we spoke later in Later in the conversation, I mentioned the book again, Two Years After Forever is the name of the book I told you my brother wrote. And she interrupts me. She goes, oh, 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 your your brother's book. I thought you meant a book you borrowed from your brother. Three words, three little words, my brother's book, two entirely different interpretations. So in Two Years After Forever, there are exercises that help you form better communicative skills and avoid pratfalls like that one. Along with your partner, learning and applying these exercises help you get back on track. Why? Two years ago, you pledged a life together forever. Two years after forever. Two years after forever.com. Available at Amazon today and forever. And speaking of communication, gentlemen, the Jansen Gates are with us here, and we just played a song called Back to You. And, uh, we had a really good conversation about that. Um, Paul, Paul's, Paul's not heard this one, right, Paul? Yeah, this is a world premiere. I'm excited to hear the song. I hope I don't have to wait until this podcast airs. He, he, recorded, he recorded in general. It. Well, I know, but you add all the magic. You sprinkle all the Jason dust on it after. And, you know, you delay yourself and you give yourself big reverb and all kind of magic stuff. And that stuff I don't get to hear. I go all Paul McCartney on your parts when I don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, so yeah, we, I guess it was five, a little over five years ago, we were in a battle of the dad bands competition down at the ready room. The ready room. That's right. It's closed. That's where stuff used to be. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, uh, we won the competition, and our prize was a like, like a day. It was a day of recording at Gaslight Studios down in the uh, Shaw area, and so we went in and we laid down the bones for about eighteen songs, which I think was sort of a bad idea because what it meant was <laughs> we didn't actually get a chance to finish any of those songs in the studio. And we all thought, you know what? We'll just we'll just go, and we have access to the the software. We'll go ahead and finish these out and redo the vocals nice and all our guitar <laughs> solos. And here we are, five years later, and <laughs> we are just now starting to finish some of these songs. Back to you being one of them. So Paul played that part five years ago. He probably wants to go back and and listen to it and maybe even redo it. We talked about doing that, but um, we. Uh, we have uh, 17 more to go, and so hopefully we will start releasing some music here in 2024 is kind of the hope. This is the uh, kick in the pants that we need. Thanks, yeah. Tom. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. I, I, feel, I feel honored. <laughs> you're uh, dragging us out of semi-retirement here. Uh, who does the, the editing when you guys get out of studio? Do you guys all have a hand in that, or do you have everything set up at Jason's oh, yeah. office there? <laughs> nobody so, well, obviously well, nobody for five years now that's sort of the problem no i i guess i pretty much do most of the the heavy lifting and the guys will come in and, and do their parts i'll do some preliminary mixing i think with these songs our hope and desire is to get them in the hands of someone with a little more professional level mixing and mastering experience Mm-hmm. So that we can get these sounding as as best as we possibly can get them sounding, and then we'll get them out, either in singles or maybe some EPs, some collection of songs as they're ready uh, over the course of the next year or so. I think is our goal, and then use that to sort of springboard maybe into some more local shows, like we used to do a lot more of. Maybe do some. Uh, some opening spots for so for bands that are coming through town, smaller acts, things like that, Old Rock House or Delmore Hall or places like that where you've got 
touring artists coming through, but they're not quite the major label artists that have their own tour package and stuff. So the factory, I think, is is a new venue here that kind of has some of those artists coming through. So what about uh, Cicero's and the pageant and that whole stretch of uh, Delmore? Is that still happening or is that Cicero's is gone? This There's still a uh, duck room is still down there and doing yeah. well pageant's down there and then the delmar hall is right next door to the pageant yeah so the pageant is kind of like you know the kind of the bigger artists coming through stadium fillers but they're gonna be their own big package delmar hall is right next door it's owned by the same people and they're for the more smaller acts that you know just kind of getting their feet wet or they don't have yeah when when it first opened it was called like the back door or something like that wouldn't it it wasn't called Delmore Hall, as I remember, because I cause I used to go down there. I, I used I saw Collective Soul. I saw Billy Idol. I saw Johnny Lang. I saw uh, yeah. Kenny Wayne Shepherd all at the pageant. Yeah. And as they were developing it, there was another name for it. I thought it might maybe it was the Delmore Hall, but I thought there was another name for it. It was the Annex or something. But they were that's where the lesser, like the smaller crowds yeah. would go in this. Uh, right. The more more local bands is what I thought. Yeah, and, and that now, was kind of fun because then you could go to the Duck Room, you could go over to Cicero's, you could go down to this place and hear local music, and it's all walking distance pretty much. Right. Yeah. yeah. But Cicero's is gone. Cicero's is gone. And uh, and the now they have the car? don't they have a, a a streetcar or something that goes up and down the road there, or they cut that oh, out too? sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually seen it. There I think are. they finally put it in the can, right? Like it's done. I think oh, they really? have yeah. No, but then they resurrected it. Oh, did they? So yeah, it was a thing. Then it was, oh, then we can't afford this. Then it was like, oh no, we can afford this now. And then it was like, well, now we don't want to do it. I, <laughs> I think back and forth so much. I'm not sure where we're at right now. Yeah, That's welcome fun. to St. Louis. That's yeah. right. The the firm the tires off of it. Right. We always I always refer to it as the firm and unwavering policy of the moment. so um one of the things i do in this podcast that's really fun i think is when a song comes across to me i think i wonder if this is their version of if this is a cover of another song and so i'll get a song called longer and i think oh i wonder if they're gonna fogelberg this one and it'll be like some death metal band or something you know (laughs) so uh uh this is not the summer song that chad and jeremy did Dave, you wrote this one, right? Yeah. I, I, I thought you were going to go with Joe Satriani. I thought you were too. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I'm I'm much older than that. <laughs> well, that's where our brains go to. Yeah. That's one of the things. Whenever we got together, we kind of came together at, with a mutual love of '80s hair metal. Yeah. So yeah. All our brains kind of go immediately to that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, you However, know, we're... our songs really don't reflect very much. No, well, they really don't. Because no. Dave, you met, mentioned Megadeth earlier, and you guys are, aren't that hard. Oh no, and, not at all. And Jason, I was going to ask you this too, because you're you're a uh, worship minister at your at that rooftop. Yeah. But your songs aren't gospel. They're not, you know, Christian rock. They're just good old yeah. rock and roll music, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think you know, it's. I think there's a way to kind of have those worldviews and and have them come across in everyday situations because you know being being a, a a pastor at a church or you know even just a Christian in general I mean you still have to live regular life in the regular world and you're gonna have things that happen to everybody like these shared experiences and so for me being able to write about that just from my perspective my worldview even like my struggles like there's things about my faith that that I don't love and 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 that it's hard for me sometimes to reconcile with and being able to music's always been one of those ways for for lots of people to to wrestle with those things and and kind of put some of those thoughts out there and and just try to meditate on them and and kind of come to grips with them or even just the tension that exists there so yeah so summer song then Dave that's uh that summer song came from actually that was a uh, the music from that came from my old band uh, where I was I played bass in a band called Rocket Park for several years in the early two thousands and I'm trying to think of what the impetus was I I think it was like remember the band The Strokes yeah came out yeah two thousands so when that that band first came out and started getting popular 
uh, we got to open up for them, like down at Mississippi Nights, we're like right, like they're on Saturday Night Live the next Saturday or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right when they were taking off, and they had us. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the song. It was like the the big single off of it. Anyway, I like the, the kind of the core progression from that. It was just like a it was like a C with a low G on it or something like that. But yeah. what it was was like I want to do something kind of with that chord in general. Yeah, yeah. I got to I got to strumming around with that and then just kind of came up with the rest of it, you know, and it just came up the whole the whole song musically. Uh-huh. Then didn't have obviously I, I like I said I don't write lyrics so I brought it in and Rocket Park did one version of it. I, I couldn't remember what it was called. I couldn't remember the melody line, any of that stuff. But yeah. I still liked the music. So when I got with Jansen Gates, you know, I said, hey. You raise them a lot, you know, to this, and it's kind of a. I think I might have even said it's kind of a poppy, summery kind of song. I'm sure that's where it started because yeah. I don't know what else would have taken me to to that mindset right, right, right. of summer song. But I mean, kind of coming back to what we were just talking about lyrically, yeah. Um, you know, just hearing this song, like you hear the music, and it's just kind of this happy and 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 sugary sweet kind of a fun little you know top down breeze coming through your hair just enjoying the heck out of life and i thought it would just be really interesting like or it, it was really interesting to me just even in my own life personally but just seeing all the people like imagining those people that are driving down the roads like smiling and singing along but inside there's like this turmoil that you know this you know whether it be depression or anxiety or or it's just that struggle of 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 living life and it's not just always happy and i think we like to make everything look happy for the rest of the world we like to make everything look as if you know we're we've got it all together we're enjoying things and and so the song is actually um a, kind of about just that struggle within um and you know the end of the song it says you know i'm forced to look outside and it's a sunny day and this idea that i just gotta you know we we all want to just pick up our bootstraps and or you know pull it what is it pull up our bootstraps that's the same yeah and and put forth that that sunny day when inside you know we might look like summer on the outside, but we're really feeling like autumn or winter on the inside with all the, the decay, um, you know, in our hearts and and just kind of that death and that struggle. So that's, Ugh, that's a bummer. That's what I, was gonna say. I had no, I had no idea. What a I should really listen to this one of these days. Yeah. It's, it's really uplifting pastor. I'll tell you. It's a very deep this song. This is a song about death and decay called summer song. I love it. Well, it is called summer song. The band is the Jansen Gates. We're going to hear it right now on the music of America podcast.
Jansen Gates on the Music of America podcast. And the last song we're going to hear from them today is the summer song, but that's not the last song we're going to hear from them because the Jansen Gates are back and alive and 2024 is going to be a big year for you, I guess. This is the section of the show. (laughs) We call this section of the show shameless self-promotion, guys. And Paul, why don't we start with you? Tell us some things that are coming up in 2024 with the Jansen Gates. So basically, this year is the year of the Jansen Gates. I don't know if anyone's heard that yet, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm marking it right now. This is the year. This is the year we take over St. Louis, right? It's positive. (laughs) I'm putting it out into the universe. Um, I think the big step for us is to get these songs done, and we all have connections in town, and we're gonna go try to find some spots to play. There's a new place on King's Highway called the Attic Music Bar which I've played at with my other band. And I, you know, we're going to make Dave call everyone in town <laughs> and put the word out. And uh, we're really excited to play again. Um, it has been a bit of a time since we've, we've all gotten together and just jammed. So we're looking forward to, to getting back together and kind of having these songs galvanize us a little bit yeah. um, to get out and find some, and Jason's made some really good connections recently in town. And I think we're, you know, so you, you local music uh, venue that is begging for acts to play, we're coming for you. So that's uh, that's kind of where we're at. Hit us ask, up. I'll ask this question, and, and you guys have 30 seconds to, to think about your answer. All right. So uh, we already heard about the attic. So aside from the attic, each of you tell me a place where you'd love to play in St. Louis. That that doesn't matter who you're opening for or or if you're the opening act or whatever, where would you love to play with the Jansen Gates? We'll start with uh, Dave. We'll start with you. Well, I mean, my uh, go-to was always Riverport. There you go. Okay. I got to play the side stage one time, but I've never actually played on stage, but that was years ago. So the big stage at Riverport. You yeah, like to... shoot, yeah, aim high. Who would, you own... uh, Who would you like to open for? I don't even know who's. Sticks. they're always here yeah Uh, no kidding that ario speedwagon's always there too (laughs) i would love to play with i mean if i'm aiming big let's go uh foo fighters oh (laughs) there we go by the way if you haven't read david grohl's book it's it's really good it's on my uh nightstand i still need to get into that too yeah i've got it i've heard it's fantastic i i do audiobooks and that's uh, that because that way I i can't just sit and read you know, I have to always be doing something so I can have my audiobooks on while I'm shoveling dirt or you know raking leaves, or whatever. Yeah, great, great book. Okay, uh, Paul, where do you want to play? Well, Dave and I went to Dave. Did you go with me to see the Black Moods and the Dead Dead? Yeah, that was my uh, my cousin's my my sister's friend's cousin or whatever. Yeah, that was at the Duck Room. He grew up like twenty a, minutes away from me. That was a great show. So I'd love to to be a third. Right. For a couple of really good bands playing in a small, intimate spot. Yes. And when I say small and intimate, you know, Duck Room, Delmar Hall, something that you you can we could be your third. Right. You need 30 minutes before you got two mid-level bands. We want to do it. So I'd love the Duck Room. I'd love something like Delmar Hall, where you've got a mid-level band that just needs somebody to come in, stir up the crowd. I mean, Jason is a wonderful self-promoter. He could get most of our audience there for us. <laughs> just, just call his family. And uh, and we, you know, that's the kind of place that I think that I would really like to play. And how about you, Jason? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd echo both of those. I was thinking Del Mar Hall would be a good, a good place too. But uh, I actually just, I was at the old rock house for the first time, surprisingly. I can't imagine, I can't, I don't. Yeah. shocks me that I've yet to had yet to have been there, but I was just there. And I really enjoyed that venue. It kind of reminded me of, of a smaller version of Mississippi nights in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I saw a dude play a didgeridoo there. Okay. Yeah. And that was the, he was the headliner. And that's what I thought the same thing. So it reminds me of Mississippi nights, a small scale Mississippi nights. Love that. Place. The old Mississippi nights crew was there too yeah. working. So yeah. I would I would love for us to be able to play there at some point. And, you know, if I had to, I would love to open for, you know, somebody, I, I'm, I'm a child of the the 90s in a lot of ways too. Um, you know, I grew up with hair metal, but then I, I kind of transitioned into sort of the indie alternative world. So I would love to open for like a Matthew Sweet or, um, you know, any of those other kind of alternative pop acts from the 90s i feel like our sound could could fit real well in yeah. that 
Marvelous three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Nick go. will go. Nick would go. My buddy Nick would go to that. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So shamelessly self-promote. How do we help you? How do we get your merch? How do we get your CDs when they come out in 2024? And uh, how do we find out where you're playing? Do you have a website, Facebook, yeah. whatever? We most of our most of our traffic right now we just send through Facebook. Um, it seems like that one's not going to die out on us. We've had MySpace pages over the years, oh, I and about uh, that. <laughs> uh, some of these other Reverb Nation. We had a page there, but um, Facebook's the one that's that survived. So it kind yeah. of functions as our go to web page uh, currently. Uh, we've got some videos posted there. Once we start dropping songs, we'll you know use that to to let people know and post links, things like that. Um, we'll be post and we'll be we'll be putting those songs out on the the streaming platforms too. Yeah. Once we get to that point, so if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can go to Facebook slash the Jansen Gates and uh get our probably set up on an instagram page too info there tiktok all the yeah we, we what can, all the kids are doing we get on the, get on the tiktok <laughs> Do the tiktok yeah and, and we should we should mention jansen is j-a-n-s-o-n correct yes right. the people could search for jansen j-a-n-s-e-n don't do that. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, you can, those guys, but those guys are terrible. Yeah, Chris Jansen, David Jansen, the fugitive. You know, <laughs> you, can, you can get a hold of me directly at Jason at rooftop.org. Um, okay. Feel free to to reach out if you've got a a show or a venue and you're looking for some local music, some local original stuff. Um, we would love to to do any of that. We're going to be hopefully getting into doing some more club shows in the coming year as we've got music coming out. Um, hopefully we'll get a chance. Uh, we've, we've always enjoyed doing uh, evenings at Grant's farm in the summers. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do that this summer, but we're hoping to do that again. This, uh, this past summer we didn't get to, we're hoping to do it again this coming summer and just kind of see what opportunities are out there. It feels like they've been, harder to find and i think we're getting to the point where we're we're ready to kind of do the little extra work to to find all the acorns yep well i'm just saying that I'm... coming for you delmar <laughs> keep your get eyes ready. open get, uh, get <laughs> here they come the jansen gates walking down the street <laughs> i'll be in town in st louis all of january a lot of February, a lot of March, although I am going to Florida for a week in February and, and Cancun in March. And then we move back up here to Burlington. So let me catch a show. Okay. okay. Sound good? Sounds good. Amen. Thanks again. The Jansen Gates were with us. And up next, we wrap up our Missouri visit with Joe Mendel from Joe Mendel's Frets. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.